The Holy Gospel according to John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, what then, are you Elijah? He said, no, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, why then are you baptizing? If you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, here we are again. Groundhog Day Sunday, we might think. Didn't we talk about John last week? Are we going to talk about John again next week? Does we ever get away from John? <laughs> John the Baptist, that is. We're in a different gospel. Last week being in Mark uh, and hearing about John the Baptist. This week being in the gospel of John. <clears throat> John seems to be the focus, John the Baptist. But actually, this is all kind of excerpt, uh, uh, kind of pulled out of a, of a text that's focused on exactly who Jesus is. One of the most beautiful pieces of Scripture we have from the book of John, the Gospel writer, different than John the Baptist, of course. But John the Gospel writer focused on Jesus, the Word becoming flesh, dwelling among us, making a home here. We're going to hear those words as we always do on Christmas Eve, right before the candles are lit, and we sing Silent Night together. It's one of the most profound moments in all of our worship time together, at least for me anyway, and, probably, and I know for many as of you as well. In fact, in some ways, this text is to say who John is not. And it's, I have to laugh a little bit in, the fir- in his first answer. He sounds like, I don't need the last cookie. You know, like he confessed. He said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the Messiah. And that's an okay translation. The confession there is more of like a declaration. Like 
he declared, hey, if you're looking, if you think I'm the Messiah, if you think I'm the one to come, it's definitely not me, right? I had a friend who, uh, growing up, he was my best friend, Dave Snyder, uh, and he thought that my dad was God because my dad was the pastor of our church. And so, you know, in the limited world of a kid, he thought my dad was God. And so I remember looking at him one time and I go, oh, does that mean you thought I was Jesus? And he goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> He knew me too well about that. I've never been confused. I don't know if you have, but uh, <clears throat> I met someone who thought he was Jesus once, but that's a different story. John seems to be saying, hey, no, it's, it's not me. And John, the gospel writer, wants us to hear that because he's really defining who Jesus is, not just as this person in this place, but from all of history. Okay, we're going to hear that on Christmas. But the word that keeps coming up with John, and John is, John the Baptist is an important key character, is this word witness. It's the same word we would use today, or it's the same root word we have for, for the English word martyr. And when we think of a martyr, we think of someone who's died for, for a cause or that kind of thing. And we know the end of the story for John the Baptist is, at least the earthly end, is his death. But that word martyr just means to be a witness and it gets translated as to testify or testimony or, or witness, all kinds of different words. But it comes up again and again. And so it seems if we're going to take this text this week seriously, we might need to talk about dun, 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 our witness, us as witnesses, our testimony even, words we don't always use so much here. In fact, I wonder if we don't do it enough. The world needs a witness, and I think our reaction so often to that is kind of one of two things. Either it's, okay, I'll put on my, you know, big boy or big girl pants, and I'll go out and be a witness, or maybe more often, it's the one we get from a lot of the prophets when they're called, yeah, send someone else. How about God? Right? It evokes fear, and it fills some at least with a sense of inadequacy or even a sense of fight or flight. Not all I know. Some of you are like, yeah, God, who can I talk to next, right? Who can I listen to? Who can I share my story with next? I know some of you are like that, but most people I encounter are a little more, eh, I don't know about that. But being a witness actually makes me think of mountain biking. I know, it's kind of a weird thing to think about maybe for this. And you might insert skiing or kayaking. Actually, can you go to that slide? I'm having trouble now. There it might be. There we go. And you might, again, insert skiing or kayaking or cliff diving, maybe some other adventure sport that you either do or maybe you used to do. I'm pretty skittish on the littlest ski jump, so I'm going to stick with mountain biking here. So you're going to have to stick with me on this analogy. I know it's going to go for a little bit here. But you know what I think is really fun? Jumping my mountain bike. Now, I chose this picture because it's very unclear. I could lie to you and say that that's a picture of me. It is most definitely not. It is most definitely not. But jumping a mountain bike is a pretty exciting thing to do. Now, you're not going to see me on YouTube because what I feel and what I look like are very different. <laughs> Zoe actually took a, a video of me on a ride we did and on a jump. I said, hey, can you take a video of this? And honestly, it was a little disappointing, I'll have to be honest. <laughs> But the feeling was still there. The feeling of being in the air to be flying is pretty exhilarating. I think I look a little bit more like that. Okay. Is he off the ground? I'm not sure. 
but it looks a little bit more probably like that. But that feeling of being in the air to fly is exhilarating, even if it's only for half a second. Now, I think when we talk about being a witness, it might sound at first or kind of come to us as being a job or an obligation, something we have to do. Now, I rode for years. We'll get away from that and get back to our slide here. But I rode for years on this 1998 bike, and I was super excited to get it at the time. It was used, but it, and it served me very well. For 23 years, I rode that thing. But I avoided almost every opportunity to jump because that bike wasn't really made for that kind of thing. But in 2022, I got this new-to-me used bike, a 2017 stump jumper. I had to buy one from the 500th year of the Reformation, right? You had to have something from 2017. But let me tell you, a lot changed from 1998 to 2017. Think about how much the internet has changed from 1998 to 2017, and you'll get a, a sense of how much bikes have changed in their technology and makeup and all the things you can do. Now, at this point, anyone on our staff is like, oh my gosh, is he talking about that stupid bike again? <laughs> yes, but this time I have a point. <laughs> now, I'm someone who's usually much more focused on the motor rather than the machine. I think we have some hard, I know we have some hardworking cross-country runners in our, this congregation in high school who would agree with me on that. It's not their shoes that's the primary thing. It's the workout. It's the hard work that they've put in. But in this analogy, the equipment actually makes a pretty big difference. And I think that's true with being a witness as well digging into the Word, Bible study, worship, being together, hearing the Word, having it come into our hearts and minds, Sunday school, that's kind of like the bike. Except you can be completely up to date with the latest and pay nothing for it. No need to buy used because you can't afford new. The Word, the promise, it's free. It's a gift. It's just given to you. And if we think of it this way, then the wilderness, the unknown, becomes a place that is less perhaps a place of anxiety and more a place of adventure, of opportunity and connection. The wilderness is a place to practice. It is the context of our work or school or an event or a retreat or a place we serve or a place we play. It is a friend or a stranger or even a group of people. So you have a bike, the promise. You have a wilderness, a context, a place to be. Now that bike just needs a rider. It needs you. And you have a context as well. You have a story. And so do others in this wilderness. And while I don't recommend actually jumping mountain bikes with more than one person on the bike, unless you enjoy crashing more than flying or you're really, really, really talented, I don't know. Being a witness means there is someone to hear and to know, to listen to. I don't know, maybe that's the real flight, that connection. Now, for those of you that are sitting there like, um, you kind of lost me in the sermon at the word outside, right? Like Jim Gaffigan, the comedian, says, I'm more of an indoorsy person, right? Let me offer a bit of why to this sermon so far. 
Last week I was sitting with Pastor Bill talking about, among other things, our plans for the high school summer servant trip for this next summer. I was excited to talk to him about the meeting we'd had last week and what had come of that. And he reflected about how he was so moved, and I know he reflected what many of us felt, uh, so moved about uh, uh, by the youth and how they were kind of forced or put on the spot to pray and how they responded so beautifully to that challenge last summer in Costa Rica, going from house to house and praying with, with total strangers. As we looked forward to 2024, just wanting that focus, that energy to continue And he said something about how he saw just how important it was for our youth. And I can second that wholeheartedly. And I bet if you ask those young people, I bet if you ask the adult chaperones, heck, I can tell you myself. That vulnerability, that sharing and praying, being a witness, was an awful lot more like flying than it was like an unwelcome job or some kind of obligation we had to do. Now, you might hear all of this and think, well, that's great for these mountaintop experiences, being a witness to those maybe who are on top of the world. But I would say the most powerful moments of witnessing, the highest flights, if you will, often come out of the lowest places. When you're jumping a mountain bike, you have to load and then release in order to fly. I would guess that if we reflect on the times the witnesses of others have been most powerful to us, when the word has penetrated most deeply and been held and we've held on to it, it would be the times when we are most raw and vulnerable, perhaps at one of the lowest places or points in our lives even. I certainly saw in Costa Rica that those who wanted a prayer for a child they had not seen in weeks or a disability, or an illness, some places where they couldn't even answer the door and we had to just kind of come in. Or desperate hope for some kind of work, some kind of income. Those were the places that needed witnesses most especially. Even a cloud of witnesses. See me, hear me, know me, and give me one, the word of one who will lift me up. That's a real definition of joy, if I've ever heard it, of being lifted up. We light the candle of joy today. This is a flight we will return to again and again in our lives. The world needs a witness in a variety of wilderness situations where we are certainly not the Messiah. We are certainly not Elijah. We are certainly not the prophet who will precede the Messiah. But we are a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Lifted by the Word and the Spirit of God. Preparing a path for Christ to be born anew in the hearts of struggling families. In the hearts of forgotten kids. In the hearts of weary workers. In the hearts of those weighed down with perfection. In the hearts of those caught up in surface happiness, but desperately longing to be surprised by deeper joy. In the hearts of those ready and waiting to be lifted up to fly. The world needs a witness. You don't have to. You get to fly.